So before sin, we get this commission of to be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth. And then sin comes in, obviously, and then when, you know, fast track, a few thousand years, Jesus comes on the scene, Jesus brings the kingdom of God, and he says, hey, everywhere that he goes, 106 times he preaches the kingdom of God. And he, he says, hey, when he heals someone, he says, the kingdom of God has come near unto you, right? He says in Matthew 10, 8, what does he say? He says, go and heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, and cleanse lepers, and tell people the kingdom of God is at hand. Yeah? And at some point in our Christian walk, we actually have to take what Jesus has deposited in us and give it away. Otherwise, we'll be fat Christians. We've been commissioned to take what is in us and actually give it to the world around us. And why wouldn't Christ in you confront the darkness? Why, why, why wouldn't Jesus in you confront darkness? Because you've got the light of the world. Do you know the narrative? I was sharing this at our Bible night on Friday night. We, the, the narrative of the gospel from Genesis right through is always heaven coming down. Always. It's always heaven. And finally, we have the culmination of the, the best version of heaven married with the best version of humanity as one found in the life of Jesus. He was fully God and fully man. And he, just, he showed us what the, Christ, the normal Christian life should look like as a man in right relationship with God. Otherwise, why didn't God just snatch us out of here when we got saved? Because we have a, we have a commission to actually, through intimacy with God, destroy the works of the devil, confront darkness. Okay, are you awake? <laughs> All right. Circumstances, circumstances don't define truth. Jesus does. Yes. They might be true, but Jesus is the truth. And too often as Christians, what we do is we pray or we believe, like what Dean said this morning, and, and something doesn't shift. And we, we, we make a doctrine out of it because of what didn't happen as opposed to looking to Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith and then letting truth determine the, the circumstances, not circumstances determining truth. Come on. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And I want to take us on a bit of a journey this morning of, of actually... I really, what I really want to hit is I want to hit this tall poppy syndrome in Australia and actually kill it. Because we, we say things like, oh, you know, people say, oh, I wasn't, you know, you go, hey, great song this morning, well worshipped. Oh, it wasn't me, it was Jesus. 
If it was that wasn't me, it was Jesus. Like, no, it wasn't that good. <laughs> right, great, great preaching this morning, right? Like, oh, it wasn't me, it was Jesus. It's like, no, no, no. It's, it, and we do this, we think it's being humble. We think we're being humble, and we're not. It's actually still about us. And there's this false humility. There's, there's true humility, and then there's false humility. False humility is, is you know, I, 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 I'm no good, I'm not that good, I'm, I'm, I'm a rot, you know, I'm not that, you know, there's only God is good and all this kind of stuff that we say. And then true humility is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Right? I, I, I'm more than a conqueror in Christ. Right? So if I'm more than a conqueror, something has to have been conquered. So it's not, it's not, it's, it's Christ in me anyway. If, if I have a, if I draw, if like Lisa's painting, if I say to Lisa's painting, which is actually very good, um, I, could, I couldn't draw a straight stick figure, so I'm like always impressed. Uh, if I say, hey, that's, that's, that's terrible, that's disgusting. I'm dissing the artist. What we think about ourselves, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, is significant. And we often think, well, I couldn't do that, That's, you know, I don't have that gift or I don't have that calling or whatever, whatever excuse we have. And then we actually become powerless Christians in a world that desperately needs Christ manifested, not just talked about. And, and it's not an arrogance thing. It's not, hey, my, my, my poo doesn't stink or any of that kind of stuff, right? It's not that. That's arrogance. It's Godfidence. It's I have such a faith in the God of, of the breakthrough. I have such a faith of Christ, not just in Christ, but of Christ, that I operate in the faith of Christ. It's not my faith. It's his faith. Yep. But when I put my faith and belief in him, things start to get confronted. Why wouldn't they? Because he says it's like a river that flows through me. It's not a bathtub that just sits there, collecting mold and dust. And... Amen? Amen. So you're a good painting. He's a good craftsman who painted a good painting. He's a good artist. And he wants to put us on display, I believe, for the world to see. Not so we can be, so we can be arrogant, but so that we can say, hey, look at what I can boast in. And boast in Christ. Look at what He look at what He's done in my life. Look at what He's done. Look, I can tell you. Let me introduce you to the one who created you. Let me, oh, you got a sickness? Let me that thing can be confronted because I know one who confronts sickness. Yeah. Oh, you need a breakthrough in whatever area it is in your life, right? I know the one who can bring the breakthrough. And if we pray and we don't see it happen, we don't have the right to change. We don't have the right to change who God is based on our circumstances. Amen. We don't get that privilege. Jesus is the truth about God and he's the truth about you. Full stop, not your circumstances. No question marks, don't add to it. All right? Yeah. Amen? Amen? I'm just a little bit passionate about this topic. So this is Matthew 16. Go to Matthew 16. 
We'll make this a legal meeting by reading scripture. All right? <laughs> Matthew 16. Now, we've got a little bit of scripture to get through. So, Matthew 16, verse 13. Now, when Jesus came into the disciples, uh, into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. I mean, just think about that. These guys thought it was a prophet raised from the dead, and they had more faith in that than this being the Messiah. That's pretty crazy, right? He said to them, he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for the flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples to not... To, not, uh, to tell no one that he was the Christ. Keep going. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed. Right? Jesus is not talking in parables anymore. He's, he's changed gears. <laughs> the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, For be it from, far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan, you're a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. All right. So Jesus says, Who do people say that I am? Peter has this great revelation revealed to him by God. Right? So this is a great picture of Jesus as a man, and then God's in operation. Right? So Jesus isn't revealing it to him. God is. Right? Are you getting that? Yeah. Right? This is super important. So then he says, You are the Christ, which, or the Messiah, which means the anointed one with power. Yeah. That's what that means. That, that, that verse where he says, You are the Christ, the anointed one with power. So then, only a few verses later, he's like, Hey, that's awesome. Upon that revelation, not upon Peter, but upon that revelation, I'm going to build the church. Right? And I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. This is really good. Everyone's in that meeting's like, oh, yes, keys of the kingdom. Thank God. And Jesus like, and this is what's going to happen. I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to be persecuted and I'm going to die. Don't worry. I'm going to raise three days later. Peter's like, thought you were going to conquer Rome. This is a really bad idea. I don't think you should do this. Right? And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Peter's not Satan. Right? He doesn't flip from being amazing revelation to Peter's now the devil. Right? That's not what he's saying. He's saying the mindset of you, which is rooted on just the mindset of humanity, is rooted in the mindset of the demonic. Not, it's not just like mere, mere thinking like I need sleep and I need food and I need water. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the mindset of humanity without God at the center is rooted in the demonic realms. Yeah. You have a father of lies and you have a father of truth. You don't have any other fathers in there. There's two worlds. That one and this one. 
and you and I have been transferred from the domain of darkness, it's just a, no, a domain, into the king's domain of his beloved son, according to Colossians 1. Amen? So the mindset rooted just on, on mere mortal thinking and mere thinking like humanity is rooted in the demonic realm. And so Jesus here is saying, get behind me, Satan, you're thinking like a mere man. That's okay, that's in your Bible, right? And so our mind, so he says, uh, Proverbs says that the ways that seem right to a man lead to death. So we flip it, Romans 12, and we say, okay, we do not be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewed mind so we can actually prove the will of God. That's Romans 12, 3. Right? So when we're standing, we've got a situation in our life, right? And who does Jesus say that he is? He says, you're the Christ, you're the anointed one with power. That's who he is. He says, upon that revelation, I will give you the keys of the kingdom and you will confront darkness. And darkness will prevail. But darkness will fall and you will prevail. And I want to give you the keys. I want you to be, I'm going to graft you into the family business so you can now go and destroy the works of the devil together with me. Right? Come on. I mean, what did he do? Matthew 10, Matthew 10, 8 and Luke 10. He says, go and heal the sick. Raise the dead, cast out demons, cleanse lepers, and confront principalities and powers. People often say, oh, Liam, you know, healing, you, you talk about healing a lot. I'm like, yep, because Jesus did. <laughs> And then you go, yeah, healing, it's, it's not the whole gospel there. I'm like, no, it's not. But the gospel's not whole without it. And we've, we've, I really believe the Lord's inviting us into a place as the church again where we actually learn to practically and powerfully display Jesus to confront sickness, torment, the demonic realm. I'm, I'm not against doctors. I'm not. I mean, my wife, my wife would be dead if, we, if doctors weren't weren't around today. And the, and the hospitals that we have, and the, the technology and the medicine, it's incredible. I love it. It's, you know, we, we wouldn't have been able to have kids if, if it wasn't for modern medicine. So I'm not against that at all. But there are people like the woman with the issue of blood. They've tried everything and doctors don't have a solution. And the church needs to arise and shine so we can actually not just echo the world around us but actually display the kingdom to crush principalities and powers and display the kingdom of God accurately. Amen? Amen. Acts, Acts 1 says this. Listen to this. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord Jesus, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? They're still like, when's he going to conquer Rome? Right? They're still there. So he's risen from the dead and they're still like, 
all right, when are you going to tear down Rome? You know, and he's like, it's, that's not what I've come to do. I've come to bring a different kingdom, right? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father is fixed by this, his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and to all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So many people have preached from Acts 1 and they they say it's the Holy Spirit you received. Correct. They say it's tongues. Correct. They say all of these things. But what Jesus said is when the Holy Spirit gets poured out, you will receive power. Right? It's not a power so you can look awesome. It's a power so you can actually confront the demonic realm. Right? And listen, just so we're clear, I don't... It's not higher levels, higher devils. It's higher levels, higher angels. It's we have the Holy Spirit living in us. The devil is like the Wizard of Oz. He's a little man behind a curtain, peddling really fast to put on a great show. But when your curtain's being revealed, you go, oh, is that who you are? You're nothing. That's the devil. He is powerful. He has power. We don't need to look too far to know that. But he's a created being. The devil is the opposite of Michael or Gabriel. He's not the opposite of God. Come on. The Bible says, my Bible anyway, says that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to us. All authority. So authority is like if you if you have a police officer, he has jurisdiction. He has authority. And power is like you have a bazooka. And if the authority doesn't work, you just shoot the thing. Right. Not people, not your boss, okay? <laughs> Right, police they yeah, but yeah, yeah, praise God. <laughs> Listen to this. Acts 10:38, and then we're gonna to go to 1 John and we're gonna spend a little bit of time in 1 John. Acts 10:38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. So this is awesome. God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit. Do you have the Trinity? Yeah, yeah. So this is Jesus as a man. We understand Jesus as God, but Jesus Jesus came to earth to show humanity what it looks like to live the normal Christian life. Jesus was a normal Christian, the first of them. Yeah, he was. Right? So Holy Spirit with power, and he went about, who Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Right? Now, I'm not saying I'm not saying that all depression or all sickness, all of these things, right? Because people can go, you know, they're like, oh, so this thing's this thing that I've got is, is I've got the devil in me. It's like, no, that's not what I'm saying, right? Don't hear what I'm not saying, right? But sickness, sin, uh, the broken world that we live in, that we're we're in. It's all rooted in sin. No, don't hear what I'm not saying. It's all rooted in the fall of man. Amen? Okay. 
Don't, don't, don't go all strange on me and be like, oh, like I'm sick because I've sinned. No, that's not what I'm saying, okay? So don't hear what I'm not saying. All here, Jesus of Nazareth went about healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. For God was with him. So Jesus went about healing. So every sickness, every demonic thing that Jesus confronted was from the devil. And he confronted it because God was with him. Why do you have to put that verse in there if it's God with God? You have to put that verse in there because it's Jesus as a man with God empowered by the Holy Spirit going around and healing sick people. Does that make sense? Right? And so he's, he's giving us the, the, the clues, essentially, for uh, how we, as, as human beings in right relationship with God, can now confront the principalities and powers and darkness and, and see people get healed. Acts 10, verse 8, he says, Heal the sick. Oh, but I can't heal the sick. Yeah, that's the point. Christ in you can do it though. And it's not just the Christ, it's not just faith in Christ, it's the faith of Christ. And we're, we're gonna, I'll, we're gonna, I'll show you that. Alright. 1 John, go to 1 John. <coughs> 1 John 1. Alright, I need your, your thinking hats on here. 1 John is an incredible book. 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. John is addressing the fact that Jesus came as a man. There was this thing called Gnosticism in the world uh, at the time, or still is, and, uh, and that Jesus didn't come as a man because anything of the flesh, anything about this kind of uh, our flesh, natural flesh that we have is evil. And that's not true. Otherwise, Jesus was a sinner. Right? Are you, are you tracking? And so, uh, John's addressing that. He says, no, no, what we've heard, what we've seen, what we've touched with our hands, what we've seen with our eyes, we walk with Jesus. And he's addressing that. And so that's the context that this book has been written in. And then he says this, verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Come on. There's a bunch of the church that still believe God is giving sickness and allowing sickness and allowing torment and allowing torture to happen to teach people less. And I've been turned off. Now I'm back on. I'm running out of battery. All right. Praise God. All right. That's the morning. <laughs> right. Am I on? There we go. We're back on. There is still a bunch of the church that they believe that. They're like, oh, he's just teaching me to draw him, him closer. If I gave my children cancer or I gave them sickness, to teach them a lesson, I'd be put in prison. And we think, that's God. 
In him is no darkness. In God is no darkness at all. Go to 1 John 4.17. 1 John 4.17. with my hands. <laughs> 1 John 4, 17. Listen to this. By this, love, by this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, who's he? Jesus. So you are also in this world. As he is, so you are in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. Wow. As he is, so, so there is in God there is no darkness. Right? There's just light. Right? I, I love doing this. I'm going to do it again. Close your fist. Right? In your fist right now there's darkness. And you release it to a lit up room. Go on, just release it to a lit up room. How much effect did that darkness have on a lit up room? Zero. As he is, Jesus, so you are in this world. Amen. 1 John 3, I know we're jumping around a bit, but 1 John 3 verse 7, I think it is. Uh, verse, verse 8. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. So the reason, I'm going to pull this together. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Behold the Lamb who takes away the sin of the world. Right? Are you with me? In him is no, is no darkness. And then he says, all right, I'm going to take you and I'm going to deposit that no darkness in you. I'm going to deposit the light of God in you. And I'm going to teach you, I'm going to teach you disciples and apostles to do what I've come here to do. And that's destroy the works of the devil. So I'm going to teach you to do that. I'm going to show you what it looks like. So you're going to go two by two into cities and towns. You're going to preach the gospel. You're going to proclaim the kingdom. You're going to heal the sick. You're going to raise the dead. You're going to cast out demons. You're going to cleanse lepers. You're not just going to have great church services that can tickle your ears. You're going to actually confront the, the domain of darkness. Because I've taken you out of that domain and I'm going to put me, who is light, inside of you so that it can come out of you to confront darkness. Right? As he is, so you are in this world. And then 1 John 2, listen to this, because if you don't believe me, it's in your Bible. It says, By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same manner in which he walked. That's not just moral purity. It's not just good character. That is a part of it. But that's just not the fullness of it. Because he says, I'm the Christ, the anointed one with power, and when the Holy Spirit drops in Acts 1, you're going to receive power. Dunamis. Yeah. 1 John 5. <laughs> We've gone through all of them. You can go, you can go through it. 
For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. What is the victory that has overcome the world? Our faith. Our faith. Our faith in who? In my ability? No, in Jesus. The faith of who? Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Oh, you're the anointed one with power. Yeah, great. Okay. That's a great Revy, Peter. Great Revy. Heavy Revy, Peter. Okay, upon that Revy, upon that revelation, I'm going to build the church. I'm going to do that. It's my job, Jesus says. It's my job to build the church. It's my job to build the church because when I build the church, the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. But this is what your job. Your job is to extend the kingdom of God. And we look at that, this will be our last verse, we look at that in Luke 10. And he sends them out, the 72, he sends them out to heal the sick and and, and raise the dead and do whatever. And he says, the 72 returned, in verse 17, with joy. They returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. A lot of the times people preach, they say, oh, Leah, we shouldn't rejoice in the fact that we can cast out demons. That shouldn't be our focus. Our focus should be that our names are written in heaven. That's not the context of what Jesus is saying here. Jesus says, hey, that was awesome. I watched as Satan fell like lightning. That's incredible. But what I want you to focus on, I want you to focus on where you're seated. The focus shouldn't be you can cast out a demon and heal the sick. The focus is you're seated in heavenly places with Christ, far above any principalities and powers. That's what I want you to focus on. Your focus is you as a son of God when something happens around you, the circumstances around you don't affect Christ in you and the faith in Christ and the faith of Christ because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And you have overcome the world. And how does he say you've overcome the world? Our faith. It's our faith in who Jesus is It's the faith of Christ, not the faith in Christ. And not just the faith in Christ. This is very challenging to us because we 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 all hands up if you've prayed and you haven't seen the prayer answered. Everyone in this room should have your hand up because if you've had a hundred percent success rate, you can have the mic. Okay? Alright? I will gladly step down. Um, At some point, you know, I, I, I went on this journey. I, I had a five-hour encounter with God, 21. I woke up from the living room floor, and something in me was like, I, I just want to find sick people. And uh, Chris at the back, we used to, used to hit Doncaster shopping town, and we were just young and zealous for the Lord. And, and we, we just, we're just like, I just want to find sick people. And I, I hadn't seen anyone get healed. And, and a, friend, a friend of ours just said, just tell them you have. 
And I was like, that's lying. He says, no, no, just watch a couple on YouTube and then you'll see something get here. Right? And, uh, and so we'd go to hospitals and we'd train up youth people. And I remember the first, I'm like, all right, I need to, I'd walk past people in wheelchairs and be so nervous and, you know, I'd, I'd, whatever, whatever, I'd just, I'd just make up some excuse. And then I was like, all right, I want to train people in this and I made a vow I'd never preach anything that I wasn't doing in my own life as well. And so, so I was like, all right, well, better get out there and do it. <laughs> better put legs on this thing. And, uh, and I remember we trained up a bunch of youth. We were going out and we'd take a two by two. We were going out like the animals on the ark. And uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so we were, we were going out and there's this guy in Eastland, back when the old Eastland was, was there, we'd come down from the station and, and uh, there's this guy hobbling and I was like, oh, awesome, this is my man. This is, this is the guy, this is the guy I'm gonna go for. So I just said, hey, what, you know, what, what did you do? And he said, oh, I fell down the stairs, just, just there, just there. I was like, oh, this is it, awesome. Not awesome that you've hurt your leg, but also I'm going to get to pray for you. So I said, hey, can I, can I pray for you? I'm a Christian. I've seen God heal, which I had on YouTube. And, um, and so I was like, can I, can I pray for you? And he's like, don't touch me. I'm a Satanist. And I was like, thanks, Lord. <laughs> right? Like, you couldn't give me an easy one? Like... <laughs> And uh, anyway, I, I was able to minister to him, and I, he wouldn't let me pray for him, but I, I was able to minister to him, and I was like, okay, next one. And, I, and, and you know, it's, it's, we're not car salesmen. We're there to love people, right? And, and you don't, don't do the car salesman thing. That just won't work. We're there to love, genuinely love people. Love will always win, regardless. That's the bottom line. So the next person is this lady in a wheelchair and with her husband. They were, yeah, relatively young still. And I was like, oh, awesome. We're going to... All right, this is the next one. Hey, listen, guys, this, this might be a really challenging question, but, you know, I'd love, I'd love to just pray for your wife. Like, we just couldn't talk right. So I was like, hey, can I pray for your wife? And he's like, oh, we're Christians. And I was like, oh, yes, thank God. You're so kind. <laughs> and uh, he says, yeah, but uh, we, just, we just don't believe Jesus heals today. And I was like, oh. Man, give me the Satanist. <laughs> and uh, I was like, and so we had this debate. He wanted to debate me in scripture, and I was like, oh man, I just can I just pray for your wife? I'd love to just bless her. And um, anyway, this went on for weeks and months, and, and then I remember um, we were at a conference in Sydney, Shen and I, and uh, a full premium conference C three, and. Um, and the speaker had us pray for, for sick people. And there's this guy, I've shared this story before, but there's this guy and he's, uh, he's broken his ankle. And I prayed for him and the power of God came through my hand. I haven't felt this very often, but the power of God came through my hand. And I felt his whole bones realign in my hand. Like I felt it. He had no shoes on side. I felt his bones realign. I could have, and he was here. He was completely here. He jumped off the, the step onto the ground and bolted around the stadium. And he was the next day. He was here, like still here. We saw him, and um, 
is fine. We've seen, we've seen incredible things. Yeah. We've seen incredible miracles. We've seen incredible uh, breakthroughs just in people's lives. Um, all, kinds of, all kinds of stuff. I could have stopped on that first day in an outreach and gone, well, it's just God's will or it's just God's plan. Because I, I haven't seen any breakthrough. Or I could have shifted my focus and gone, which I did. And I said, no, your word and who you are, Jesus, trumps any circumstances that I'm looking at in the natural. In Matthew 17, when the boy with epilepsy and the disciple says, why couldn't we cast this one out? And Jesus says, because of your littleness of faith. And then he says, but if you'd had faith the size of a mustard seed, and it's like, Jesus, you just contradicted yourself, man. Is it little faith or little faith? Which one is it? <laughs> that word little, when he says, because of your littleness of faith, it can be trans translated like this. It's a different word. And it means your mindset is in opposition to God. Matthew 16, your mind is set on the things of man, not on the things of God. And then he says, but if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, whose faith is it? The faith in him. If you have the faith, the, the smallest minute amount of faith in him, which is the word, Greek word, pasito. Am I saying it right? Probably. Being done Greek. Uh, pasito. It means this, the faith in what can do, will do, or Jesus has accomplished. One is in opposition to God, one is in the faith of Jesus, not in Liam. I don't have to drum up faith. Faith is a restful position. It's a trust in what he has done, will do, and can accomplish through me. I finished with this story when I, when Shen and I were at Bethel in 2012. I was a part of the healing rooms with Chris Gore, and, and um, this, this girl came, she was 24, she was from Switzerland. And uh, she came and she said, you're not allowed to touch me, don't touch me. I've shared this maybe once or twice before, but she said, don't you, my dad thinks that if you lay hands on me, um, you'll push me to the ground, and, um, and that's, that's, that's false religion, and you're not allowed to lay hands on me. And, uh, and I was like, oh, because it says lay hands on the sick. And I was like, dang it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, Peter Shadow healed people, so let's just get the, let's just get the light angle right, and we'll nah. <laughs> And, uh, and I'm telling you, I was like, like, okay, we can't touch this girl. And the way they do it is that you'd have, you get called in there'd be four people that would pray for you. You had 15 minutes with them to pray. They'd come in, they'd filled out a form, like uh, what they want prayer for, what their name is, um, what you're allowed to do, you know, lay hands on them or not, etc., etc. And, you, you know, like, like you're at a doctor's surgery and you, you're interviewing them. And so... 
uh, except we're just we're just physicians helpers, right? And uh, and so we we're there, and, and so there's a team of four, and I'm leading the team. So I'm like, all right, they're they're all looking at me, and I'm like, all right, well, but uh, and said, what's wrong with you? She said, oh, I got a problem with my spleen. Um, I've got bowel cancer. I've got liver cancer. Um, I've got cancer in the blood. Um, I've got a problem with my lungs, I've got back pain, I've got migraines all the time, and I'm like, my faith's going right down right now. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, okay, all right, God. Uh, I, don't know, I, don't know, I don't have very much faith right now. I'm not feeling confident. I'm not feeling like this is this thing. So I was like, the blood speaks a better word. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to declare the blood of Jesus over you. Because it's his blood that paid for sickness. Yes. By his stripes, we're healed. I was like, that's all I got. The circumstance right now that I'm looking at looks pretty bleak. Looks pretty terrible. So we just we just did laps. We just did the laps around her. She's the pulpit. We were just walking like this and we're like, God, we just speak the blood. God, your blood, your blood, your blood, your blood. We did that for about four minutes. She's standing up and she says, I feel like someone's pushing me to the ground. And I'm like, oh gosh, we're going to get in trouble. <laughs> and I said, uh, well, it's not us. You know we're not touching you. And she's like, yeah, I know. It's super powerful. And I was like, yeah, well, that's the Lord. And um, I said, you want a seat? She said, yeah, I want a seat. So we pull up a seat and we just keep walking around. We're like, we just declare the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus right now. And she says, I need to lie on the ground. And I was like, all right. So she lies on the ground. Matt, we do that a bit more, and she just she just goes, I don't care, just lay hands on me. <laughs> right? And so we're like, Alright, you've got permission, let's go. So we lay hands on her and she's like, I feel like my fingers are going off like fireworks. And I'm like, I don't know what that means, but more Lord. Right? And so we're like, this is good, this is kind. God, you're so kind. And uh, and so anyway, we pray. She gets up off the floor. She's she's like intoxicated on God. She's like, this is amazing. She's like, what is going on? I'm like, I don't know. Are you going to the doctors? She's like, yeah, I'm going to the doctors tomorrow. I think she had like four months to live or whatever. 24, 24 years old. I see her like a month later. Like, this is a church of 10,000 people, right? I see her a month later. I run into her in the corridor, in the, in the hallway, and I was like, hey, how, how are you doing? She's like, yeah, I, w- I went to the doctors. She, by the way, she flown over from Switzerland to be here. She, I said, how are you doing? She said, I went to the doctors the next day, and she said, I'm completely healed of everything. <laughs> everything. Because you didn't know this, and I smoked 40 cigarettes a day. Oh, no wonder you had lung cancer. Anyway, I was like, damn. It wasn't, I'm telling you right now, it wasn't my built-up drum faith. There wasn't great music playing in the background. It was just us and a woman who was tormented by the demonic, who was tormented by sickness, who was in a need for a miracle, and she was standing in front of, she'd flown from Switzerland, and she was standing in front of people saying, would somebody just believe 
Jesus is who he says that he is. And let's get it right. And it wasn't our faith, it was just Jesus. We just need the faith of who you are right now. See this thing, see this mountain shift in our life. What do you stand?